is the Rams Review Podcast. Discussion, insights, interviews and analysis. All passion, all Derby County. The Rams Review Podcast is proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, where fans come first. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Rams Review Podcast with myself and Corey. And it's the first time we've both been together for a few weeks. Corey, thanks for steering the ship, the good ship Rams Review last week. I know you made your... Uh, apologies for me. We have really, really, really been struggling uh, with amount of games and, and getting together. But we're together for this one, and we're certainly going to be together for the next couple at least. Um, first of all, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm good. You know, band's back together, Jason. And and like I said, you know, I know that we we like to put out a weekly show. We we enjoy it. Sometimes we put out more than one show a week because we enjoy it. Um, but you know, needs must with being adults and well, somewhat adults, I guess you could say that we are kind of I feel like a, just a grown child you know like a man child in a way do you ever feel like that and you know but we've got jobs we've got lives we had other things going on so we were able to do this especially with the fixtures but hopefully normal service will resume from now on but yeah fixtures are coming thick and fast um Darby we're doing okay now they're kind of not doing okay and if you gauge social media Jason it's like oh we lost a game it's all over we're all going down and then we win a game it's like oh yeah we're gonna stay up and then we lose a game and then whatever so just that level of consistency which we're going to talk about um later on but Jason we would be we would be in this first of all I would be in this how how are you because I've not talked to you in a while yeah I mean yeah like you say we'll cover a lot of what's been going off in the last well I suppose really since the last real one we did uh, together it's probably been close to three you know three four weeks where we've uh, there's been plenty plenty going on and yeah uh inconsistency is it's probably going to be if if you know a bit like sesame street where they have the word of the day at the end then uh, the word of this week's podcast will be inconsistent i think when, when we're talking about the football the off the field the on the field um that is going to be that is going to be a key word today um and, and I think, Jason, though, you could add three more words to that. Well, certainly two, urgent and imminent, I think, are also the big words of the day, because I'm sure you're aware, Jason, now let's kick off the episode doing this, because we can talk about the on-field matters and the stuff that actually matters later on. But why not talk with some boardroom stuff, as we tend to do um, these days? Because, Jason, I'm sure you saw the, the breaking news that came out earlier this evening, uh, UK time, from the EFL. They've released another statement, and I will read it in full, Jason, because it's only like two sentences, but I'm going to go ahead and read it in full. So on January 27th, the EFL and Derby County administrators Quantuma announced a four week extension to the deadline for a provision of evidence of sufficient funding to complete the current season. The administrators have not yet provided that evidence and we await an urgent further update from from them on both that and the announcement of a preferred bidder. Again, that was from the English football league's communications department. Jason, we thought that this, we thought, you know, Ryan and myself talked last week, in our last episode, we were talking about how, you know, this finally feels like it might be turning the corner. But yet yet again, we get another statement from the EFL um, saying that they've not heard basically anything from Quantuma. 
And again, it becomes a much more worrying situation uh, than probably what it was this morning, because you would hope that they would engage in some sort of dialogue. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. Maybe this is the EFL playing silly buggers, but you can only go off of what is written. What do you make of it, Jay? It's Yeah, I mean, obviously it was a four-week extension, which ultimately runs out at midnight, uh, you know, that ran out at midnight tonight. And then obviously I think, so the, the noise is after, obviously we haven't really spoken about it too much on the pod because obviously that's been the period of time that we've been out that um, obviously um, Mr. Morris and Mr. Gibson decided to have a, a, a pint up in Middlesbrough and, and, and air their best differences. Points. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, all the noises coming from Quantuma, coming from Wayne Rooney, coming out of the club, all the noises were, you know, full full steam ahead. And yeah, it was positive. That's removing the last block before we can do yeah. this one. Come out and they say, "Hey, that roadblock's been moved. Now we can move on to to doing what we're supposed to do and name this preferred bidder." And that was what ten days ago, and now what? we're here again on, yeah. on potentially another precipice. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I mean, even um, was it Andrew Hoskins? I think it was who came out from Quantumer and said, "Within seven to ten days, they should be able to name a preferred bidder." Well, I think that was. Friday of last week, uh, absolutely no noise, no no nothing. And as we say, it seems like it's gone eerily quiet yet again. And then, you know, again today, uh, I mean, I don't know if this is official, the cer- certain uh, reports from, I know certainly on from Sky Sports News in this country uh, that they've agreed another extension. They've proven that they have the funds for March um, whilst they iron out, further creases i don't know if that's concrete or not but that 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 was what was being reported by uh, sky and rob dorsett so yeah i'm re- i'm reading the same thing here on on sky jason but the key the key thing that stands out to me in this story is the efl's patience is wearing thin mm. and, you know you can't blame them we we've we've sit here and, and and we know we've put tweets out and we've, we've talked about this that efl's not fit for purpose and, and ryan and i engaged in this conversation in the last episode where we talk about um you know moving the financial yardsticks mid-season Smells weird, especially when there's a lot of clubs reportedly in points deductions. It starts to smell weird. But at some point, the English Football League, you know, they've been wishy-washy for years. They put their foot down. Darby have been punished. Darby have been punished for going into administration. And again, Darby probably should have been punished. Okay? There's no doubt about that. They removed this roadblock. And you can understand from an EFL perspective, they finally want to move on from this. And you have now a club that is continuing to drag its feet, that is not naming a preferred bidder. I mean, why Quantuma can't just name a preferred bidder? They know who the bidders are. They know the bidders have put bids in. They know what those bids are. They can sit in a room and they can say, here's the one that we like best. Let's run with it. So the, the, what, what are you messing about with? Because uh, caveat to this, Jason, no matter what Darby O, Quantuma is going to have their hand in the pot first whenever that money is being doled out. They're not going to be paid 25 uh, pence on the pound. They're getting their money. So that is what that is. But at the end of the day, you should just think it's a pretty straightforward situation. Obviously, I'm not in. I'm not a banker. I'm not a, um, uh, you know, an administrator. I'm not a financial specialist. I'm sure that there are things going on in the background. I'm sure it's a lot more complicated than what I'm envisioning here. But you would just think that they could name this to start this process moving forward. The roadblock between Gibson and Morris, like you said, has been moved, and the EFL is continuing to wait this. And the patience is wearing thin is the worrying sign for me, Jason, because they can agree to whatever extensions they want and want and want and want. But it's someday the EFL is going to say, you know what? I've had enough of this. You're, you're causing, it's, it's like a, it's like a kid in class, Jason, right? Remember when you were in school and there's always that kid, it might've been you. I don't, I don't know. Right. And the teacher just goes, I've had enough. 
out the classroom. You're going to stand in the hallway and, and you might have done nothing or something very minuscule, but the patience is just worn so thin that eventually they're going to revoke that golden ticket and Darby Hunters go, oh, well, we can't play the championship, whatever. That, that's just the way that's going to be. So Quantuma, if they are in control of this football club, need to do the right thing. They need to name the preferred bidder. They need to re- name them sooner rather than later, okay, so that we can move on with matters on the field. Because I'm sure, I, I don't know whether they're aware or not aware, because I've also read reports that Radio Darby were reporting that they were rubbing shoulders at Luton with some celebrities and things like that. But at the end of the day, they're going to get their, their money, but they need to do what they were brought in to do, which is to sell this football club. The roadblocks are seemingly gone. Now let's move on, or at least give somebody some communication so we can figure out what the next steps are, because this is becoming a farce. This is beyond a farce. And I'll just say this, and I'll turn it over to you, Jason, because I've gone on long enough about it. There's still one man who's still at Derby County, still picking up the money, who's also um, a major player in this, and it's somebody that I don't have any time for whatsoever. Stephen Pierce, he's still there picking up the money. Why don't they get the hell? Why don't he get the hell out the football club and do everybody a favor? Why don't he piss off? Because he's not doing anything. He's just collected money. And he's part of the reason because he's an accountant. Ooh, yeah, whatever. He's an accountant. He doesn't even have an abacus or a calculator because he freaking messed up the books for years. Freaking joke. And Quantuma came in. Oh, we're going to be the savior because we got rid of the bad Mel Morris, right? Quantuma, okay, you're slashing the cost. You're charging a lot of money for it, by the way. By the way, where's the preferred bidder? Where's the communication? They started off doing this old Gladhand thing, right? They started off doing this whole glad. Oh, well, we'll we'll talk to fans and we'll talk to the supporters groups and we'll release these statements because we weren't getting in the other club. Everyone's like, oh my God, yes, finally communication. And where's that been since I would say Thanksgiving, but you don't have Thanksgiving in England, but late November. November. Yeah. Uh, where's that been? Where, where's that been? Yeah, sure. They answer questions for the black and white trust and the ramp supporters. Fantastic. But 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 now it's time to it's time to snuff up here. And, 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 and get, this, get this done. We know that people are interested in buying Derby County. We've heard that from numerous sources. So why can't you just name a preferred bidder? But you're fine picking up the money. Anyway, sorry, Jason. I went. No, no, you know, you, know, you, make, you make some very, very, very valid points. And, you know, there's a couple I want to pick up on. I think with the preferred, preferred bidder thing, I think what you have to do, of course, is be, I mean, there's doing due diligence and then they're stretching it out and we both have our opinions on on which one that may well be. But of course, the moment that they lean towards one party, that pretty much knocks everybody, well, it does, it knocks everybody else out of the running for the time being. And the problem is if that deal isn't watertight and something was to, you know, obviously go, go tits up with it, the chances of them getting half of what they of what they need by those other interested parties are, are going to be is you know is going to be difficult. So I can understand why they take the time on it, Corey. I really can. But this is you know yeah, but there's taking your time. Yeah, and there is taking your time. I mean, yeah, there I, is. Can I just use? I'm, I want to use a really crass expression, but I can't because I want to try to make the podcast family friendly. But you know, it's like you know, do your business or get off the pot. Let's go here. You know, I mean. Mm. There's there's taking time and then there's just like there's just being lackadaisical here. Yeah, no, there there is. It takes me time to put my underpants on in the morning, but I don't take four hours to do it. Yeah, no, and I get that. I mean, I mean uh, it know. takes me an hour to shower, but I, I, you know, it can take me fifteen minutes to shower. If I shower for four hours, I'm just just come on, man, just figure this out. It, it does seem, and I mean, you know, obviously reports 
I mean, obviously we know that Mike Ashley's name's been banded around for quite a bit. We know over the kind of like the last seven days or so, uh, the Andy Appleby consortium's name's not really been quite. Well, I think, you know, you've got the Benny group, the Benny brothers are still around as well. So yeah, you know, we heard once the Gibson Morris roadblock had left, four or five other people came in with like 11th hour, like, Hey, wait a minute. I'd be, I might be interested. I might be interested. Maybe that's slowing it up. I, I, I don't know, but you know, again, this, this statement from the EFL has been out for an hour, knowing how Derby County football club work. They always have a statement with a corner flag ready. You, you think they would have put out a counter statement or you, the EFL is not lying about this. If the EFL has not heard anything, they, they wouldn't put a statement out. Well, yeah. I mean, again, I mean, it's... you can say that they're not fit for purpose and we can talk about all that. And that's a different conversation for a different day, but, but why would they, well, they're not making it up. So no. then, if, so then if you're not engaged, if I'm buying a house from you, Jason, right. And I submit my bid and I've not heard anything from you. Uh, excuse me. Uh, my, my bid where, where at some point I have to go, wait a minute. I've, I've not heard anything here. I've, I've got it check up i can't just assume that you're gonna out of the woodwork be like hey hey, your bid was accepted like okay thank you weird but we have to entertain in a dialogue and you would think that the quantuma would want darby would want to engage in a dialogue with the efl after everything that's happened over the past year 18 months however long it's been you think i'd be on the, i'd be constantly talking to trevor birch and the efl people and whoever they are and, hey this is the situation we're working we're working don't worry about it there's a little bit of a delay you know, these things, these things come in and then that creates understanding, but for them to put a statement, I must be really fed up. And it's not, it's not a long statement. It's just like two sentences. Like, come on guys, get, get it together. Get your house in order, sort this out. Yeah. I mean, that, that if, if, if true, um, you know, why, why wouldn't it be the fact that there's been no communication whatsoever when this date today as as has been for a while it well not the end of derby county but it was always you know we got a four-week extension that this is what it is it was all building up to they needed something in place for today um i think it was i'm not sure what time the deadline was but i believe it got surpassed today of whatever it was meant to be and that's obviously the reason why the efl have put this put this statement out and yeah it, it is worrying worrying from a few days ago and i mean Corey, I'm sure you'll have seen it on social media um, and uh, Twitter, certainly Twitter, which is obviously where we do the most of our um, interactions that, you know, there was all sorts of rumours flying around. I mean, and that's all they were because there was no, you know, there's no solidarity to any of it. There was no, there was no proof, I suppose. But there was, there was all sorts flying around that it was, it was pretty much nailed on and it was going to be, you know, Mike Ashley, but it's just... To, to have nothing and it to come down yet again, and I think this is obviously the biggest, all of this is a frustration and we know that. The biggest frustration is it seems to be that we wait and wait and wait. Now, if there's things going on in the background that means that these things have to wait until the 11th hour, you know, fine. But if they were going on in the background, Jason, why would you release a statement otherwise? Well, exactly. Hey, look, I'm trying to get you the money. I'm trying to talk to this person you know, whatever, just, just daily updates, just like you would in your office or just like you would in your, in, 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 yeah. in your world or, or whatever you're doing. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've got a job, right? I do tasks, but I also provide my boss with an update with what I'm trying to work. Like, Hey, this is going, I'm facing this roadblock. This is going to go, this will be done by Thursday da, da, so that they don't have to sit there. And then also be like, where is this? Like you, you understand the process, you understand things. So, you know, I'm sure there are things working in the background, but that's not being communicated to the EFL, which is the wider question. 
why. And I'd like to point this out, Jason, that there was another story this weekend that came out in the sun. I don't know what people think about the sun and whatever, but Alan Nixon is in the position that he's in. Okay. All writer for the sun. And it says that there's a, there's a story here that's saying, you know, talking about Darby facing potential 15 point deduction next season. Right. The key learn from this is administrators Quantuma hope to pick a per- bidder to purchase the club before the EFL meeting on Tuesday. So the key is, is that Tuesday there's an EFL meeting. So maybe they do name it at the EFL meeting to surprise everybody. But I mean, it's now, it's now evening time, UK time. And the meeting's tomorrow morning and they put a statement out that's like, hey, get your house in order. So if that had been communicated, they were expecting something to be done on Tuesday, it would have been done. So, you know, I understand what you're saying. And I'm sure that, again, like we've been saying this whole time, there are other things working in the background, but it's like, for them to put a statement out, they've obviously not heard anything. So somebody needs to get their finger out here and sort this mess out. We've said this too many times, too many times. I am yes. fed up. I am fed up, not talking to you, not doing the podcast, because I love that, but I am fed up of talking about boardroom stuff, okay, at Darby County Football Club. I'm fed up of it. I'm sure a lot of other people are fed up, and they don't really care whether me, uh, whether I'm fed up of it or not, but it, get, it gets old. I'm not saying people should care what I think, but it gets old and it gets tiresome because it takes, we have a massive battle on our hands, Jason, to survive in the division. Okay. And it's, it's going to be something that's never seen, never been seen before in football. This is going to be like a Leicester or I hate to say it, a Nottingham Forest European cup win on, on a different scale because it's the foot of the table. I mean, that, that's what we're on, we're on. This is, this is crazy stuff. This is what we could potentially do here. And all of this, being overshadowed and undermined by everything that goes on in the border. And that is the irritating part. So Quantuma, just get your finger out. Let's sort this. Talk to the EFL because if their patients were thin and they pull the golden ticket, well, you're all, we're all screwed anyway. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it, I was going to come on to that point about the, obviously the extra 15 point penalty next season, um, which is obviously down to not being able to pay creditors, football creditors. But here's the thing, Jason, and we'll, we'll talk. I want you to finish your point. But you think if you you think if you're being if you keep messing about with the EFL, right, that they're going to have any goodwill towards you next year for any potential points deductions, or they're just going to be like, put two fingers up and go, yeah, screw you. You, you know what I mean? Like if you, if you're all right with them and you're open and you're honest, they might be like, it was tough. We'll just give them three points or six. But now they're going to be like, let's stick it to them. Let's stick it to them big time. I'll shut up. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, I think obviously this this 15-point deduction for not uh, giving 25p in the pound to football creditors, I think that's written in law, Corey. So that, that is a rule of, I believe that is a rule of law of administration. So, you know, Dobby, if they don't, and I've seen things today and yesterday on Twitter circulating that that is quite a possibility that there are, um, there are real worries that the amount of money being offered for Derby County does not cover everything that it needs to cover, which to be honest with you, Corey, we, it wouldn't take a genius. I mean, we don't know the facts and figures. We can only go on what's being banded out there. Um, and eventually if the, you know, the same figure comes out from various different sources, then I suppose that's kind of the one that you, you, you tend to lean towards and that's what you believe. But when Derby County owed, to the tune of 68 million pounds um, and the bids, as far as we know, the bids that are coming in are in a region of 25 to 30 million. Well, that's, that's half. That's half. And, of and the, thing that, the thing that people need to understand is that the football credit is going to get 25 P on the pound. 
but you best believe your bottom dollar, the tax man, is going to get all $28 million that they're owed. They're not taking pennies on the pound. No. They're getting it all. So yeah. that's $28 million straight off the books here, whether it's in a deferred payment plan or straight up front. They ain't taking pennies on the pound. That's not happening. No. But this Massive. is the thing. She's got, they got their hands out before Quantuma. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the maths, the maths just don't work. You know, you, you can't put 30 million into 70 million pounds worth of debt and expect to come out with money. It's, it's just, it's just not right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, at this moment in time, and I know we don't want to, especially if we get relegated, which obviously we're going to come on to, um, field on the field matters in a bit, but, you know, I, I'd snap a handoff a 15 point deduction next season, knowing that this is all over in the next six to eight weeks or however long, you know, the exit strategy is, uh, from, from administration, which again, you know, could, could take months. We, we just don't know. We don't know. We don't know what that plan is. And just remember what Ryan and I talked about at the last episode, Jason, they can name a preferred bidder and they can take over, but that is just the beginning of the end. Yeah, of course. And it's like, Oh, glory days. Let's open the cash register. Let's sign some players like they did in Newcastle. That's 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 not happening. No, that's the beginning of the end. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you see, and that's be the a thing. Continual long process here, but something needs to get sorted because this is just it's emotionally draining. It's taxing, and we have to focus as 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 a fa- as fans, as players, as the club, as club staff on the one thing, and that is survival in this league. Because, like it or not, having a twenty-one point deduction or not. We are really in with a chance of doing it. And, and, and we can't lose sight of that. I mean, we might not have a football club. That, that's, you don't lose sight of that fact either. But at the end of the day, I mean, come on. We, we, can, do, we can do something really special here. The odds are against it. There's still odds, I mean. Yeah, there, there are. I mean, I'm a bet. I'm, I'm, well, I used to be a betting man. I mean, I, I don't particularly like Derby's odds at the minute, but we'll. It's like the dumb and dumber guy. Like, so you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah, that's it. Tries to date that supermodel. Yeah, I know the one. I watched that, and I always thought that was a calling for me. I was like, "Yeah, look at that!" I'll yeah. have a chance one day. No, I know the one. I know the one you mean. But yeah, I mean, it's it, it's the thing is for me. You know, we're going to move it onto things on the pitch in a second. I just want to kind of tie tie that into a knot and put it behind us. All this off the field stuff. We we've mentioned it for the last twenty minutes. It, it's just it's just going on it's just going on too long now it's just going on too long um every every single time we, you know there's every ounce that the fans think that there's oh this should now start to progress this should now start to progress this sh-. and you know and, and it's not and it's not and it's not and it's not and I, I just don't know where it is but i still think you know just to i want to get your opinion on this to finish kind of finish the chat about it Corey. um Reports were midweek against, I think it was against Millwall. I think you mentioned it uh, in the last pod. Um, there was members of, um, if you want to call them an entourage, I don't know. Uh, Mike Ashley's team were in the director's box. They were there at, they were there at Pride Park. Um, so clearly the interest is, is real. I mean, yeah. at first, we, and we pointed it out, Corey, at first, it was lazy journalism. Mike Ashley got linked with Derby County, it's a the, natural link to make. Like, yeah. like it was the day like after Lampard to the Newcastle. Chelsea job, Gerard yeah. to the Liverpool job. It's a nat- got a crap ton of money. Wants to get back into the league. Darby's struggling. Yeah, turn down businesses for a living, like House of Fraser. Natural connection. Yeah, obviously. Come out. Lee Charnley's been at the game. There's obviously something concrete there. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't mind Mike Ashley. Look at Newcastle. They're, no, hey, 
Me neither. They want, but they're crap in the Premier League, aren't they? Yeah, well, they're doing they're doing all right at the minute. They're doing all right at the minute. But hey, I'd take I, I, I'd take mid table. I'd take mid table Premier League, Corey, signing thirty million pound players in you know in the would not you, too, Would you though? Would you? Though? I mean, I wouldn't want it. I wouldn't want to spend thirty million on Joe Linton. But I mean, I'd I be was happy just about with, to put in yeah, Joe Linton. I'd be happy with that kind of transfer fee. Um, Isn't if, it irritating it when quality. a commentator calls him calls him Joe Ellington instead of yeah. Joe? The well, commentator that are doing that, and I was just screaming up the TV like, "You're an idiot, son!" It's, it's pro- the commentator's probably from up north, you know. That, that's the way that they pronounce things a, a bit more Canadian. A bit more English, yeah, that's how I English feel. Name. Um, but yeah, I mean, well, one question, Jason, before we turn to on the field matters, because I I just thought of this because Ryan and I talked about, you know, obviously living in the states, you get five or six hours worth of news when you get up right in the morning, and you get anxiety and you get these feelings, and, and Derby County is a big part of my identity, I know it's a big part of your identity. It's a big part of a lot of other fans' identity as well. Do you feel, I can't believe I'm asking this question, but I'm just going to go ahead and ask it. Do you feel like you're falling out of love with the club a bit with, with all these things that can, with all the off the field stuff that goes on? Do you feel like, like, I know you love Darby. You're a season ticket holder for uh, what? Donkey's years now, mm. 20 years, 20 years or whatever. Do you feel like this is pushing you away from the club more. I mean, obviously everything on the, on, on the field's fine with the players and the coaches and the fine like that. But do you feel like knowing everything that Darby O and going into administration and all the BS that's been going on on all this crap and all whatever, do you feel like it's kind of ruining your love for Darby County or for football in, in a way? I mean, it, it certainly, uh, it's certainly tested it. I, I would, I would say that. I think to be honest with you, I mean, you know me, I'm, I'm quite a passionate fan. I remember a couple of weeks ago when we played Birmingham, obviously Christian Bielik scores in the 96 minutes to, to nick a point from a game that really we hadn't played that well in. Is that when you got the chair thrown at you? Yeah, that's when I got the chair thrown at me. I mean, I ended up 17 rows down further down the south stand after that goal. I mean, the, the passion was incredible. Obviously, I didn't get to speak about this because I haven't been on the pod for a couple of weeks. When we scored in the last minute against Peterborough, it was a completely different feeling, even though that, goal in the context of the season was as big if not bigger yeah, yeah absolutely was bigger but it wasn't uh it was more of a oh great we've scored oh great we've got three points and, and that was it the emotion was kind of taken out of it which <sighs> yeah it, it is weird because I've always been one that, that gets quite emotional at football and I do um and then obviously the last couple of games they've been away. I've had I've had opportunity to uh, you know stream them, listen to them on the radio, and I don't know. I mean, it, it's weird because do you sit uh, back and think I could do something else on a Saturday for ninety minutes than watch this or listen to this? Or? No, no. And I get to that point. No, but I mean, I, to be honest with you, close season. I always do. Obviously, we've gone through the COVID scenario where we didn't have football for for five months, which was hard. I mean, this podcast obviously helped with that a lot. I think people's perceptions and minds probably change based on that. And, you know, you do look at it and go, well, if you weren't a football fan, Saturdays aren't that boring. But they are, you know. Let's, yeah, you let's, can take let's your kids to the Pet and Zoo, the movies, or yeah, go hiking or whatever, yeah. It's, it's weird. It is weird because, I mean, we all read about it, obviously. We all read about it day in, day out. We talk about it two times a week. I just don't think... For me personally, I, I don't, and, and I know there's probably others out there, it's just a realisation of what could happen over the next two, three months, or, or maybe even a, a much shorter time period than that. You know, this 
this this club could genuinely not exist. Um, I mean, obviously we thought that in 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 January, and it looked hey, let's face it, it looked backs against the wall. We look we look dead and buried. I do think somebody will buy Derby County. Will it be? Will it be for the amount of money that the you know what we need or what 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 Quantuma want? No, I don't. I don't think so. So I think for the next few years, the the you know the the times of a Derby County fan are going to be are going to be quite dark unless they strike gold. I mean, you, you just never know. Let's face it; they, they could. We know what task is ahead of Wayne Rooney or whoever it may well be who's in charge in the summer of of signing up to you know forty players for across the first team and, and academy teams and things like that. You you just and we know we're going to be wheeling dealing free transfers and, and misfits and things like that. You just never know if you get a squad together and it clicks. I mean, we're we're talking that's you know that's that's the jackpot. That that's almost a fantasy. We're not we're, we we've got to expect and accept that at least for the next couple of years um, until, is it what, like, is it two years worth? Not sanctions, but what's the right word? Two, two years. Yeah. Business plan embargo and all this business plan structure. Yeah. yeah. So for the next two years, unless, unless you fall really, really lucky, Derby County, you're going to be in trouble for at least the next two years, at least it's probably not going to be entertaining on the pitch. It's, it's not probably going to be all's well off it either. Um, but you see, that, the apathy is the apathy is what you the apathy that you just described is what is the 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 danger here because when fans start to lose interest and stuff like that, it's difficult. It's it will be difficult to bring them back through the gates eventually. I mean, everybody loves a winner, you know. I'm sure Forest crowds are going higher now, and Leicester's crowds are higher now than what they were in League One because people. Same with City because they were crap 20 years ago, and now they're really good. Ish. I, I think right? ultimately, Corey, it's going to be. It's, it's going to be whoever's announced as Derby's owner. Let's let's face it. And and we, I had this conversation with you weeks ago. We had it. In fact, I think we had the conversation on on Radio Derby. Out of the the three names, this was before any of the bids went in. Uh, obviously, Ashley, uh, the Binney family, and and Appleby. Which one would you want? Well, we kind of knew what two out of the three were going to bring. And I said to you, I think at the time. Andy, a lot of people were pointing towards Andy Appleby's consortium because they've ran Derby County before. They steadied the ship. They they ran a good business. And I challenged that. And I said, well, yeah, that's great. They, they will put Derby County on an even keel. That that's fine. But then the next level of progression, the next the, the next level of, of of a push, exactly the same as Derby had it when they had Derby last time. They they could sustain Derby, but that's all they could do with it because they didn't have the they didn't have the backing. Whereas if a Mike Ashley, for instance, comes in and we know he's not going to be able to throw millions and millions at it yet. But if he did come in, I think a lot of fans would would breathe a bit of a sigh of relief and know that whilst he had issues with Newcastle, but, you know, we are, I know we've had this conversation. That Newcastle, was just because the Newcastle fans thought Newcastle should be a top five. Be, six, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Not, not like, hey, we're this, not is the 20, this is the modern age. Newcastle's like yeah. a mid- Premier League team at best. Yeah, we're not expecting that. So I think if that is to be named sooner, obviously, well sooner rather than the better, I think a lot of fans can start looking at it again and going, yeah, it's going to be a shitstorm still for the next couple of years because there's going to be a massive, massive change on and off the pitch. But at the end of that two-year period, there is a guy there that A, knows how to run a football club and B, has the money if he wants to put it in has the money to back the, back the club. Um, 
and obviously you don't really get that. I mean, we don't really know too much about the Binney family, but my feeling is that you're not really going to get that. And we kind of know what the Appleby, the Appleby group, the Appleby group aren't coming in with circa 300 million to spend at Derby County. They're not. They're coming in with knowledge. That's what they're coming in with. Yeah, they're that's all they're coming in with. Knowledge. Well, why Ashley's not Ashley's coming in with money and football yeah, knowledge. And both. And yeah. the Binnies are bringing money and we don't know what else. Yeah. So you go, you go with, for me personally, unless he'd have ran Newcastle into the ground, which he didn't do really, you've got to go with the, if it's, if the offer's on the table, you you go with the try and the tried and tested, if you ask me. Um, Of course. But of course, the problem that you've got is we are talking about creditors. We are talking about administrators. And I mean, I could have a million, I could have a billion pounds and you could have a billion and one and they're going to give it to you, but I could have run a football club for 25 years and you've never stepped foot in the sport. They'll give it to you because you've got the more money. And, and that is what it boils down to at this moment in time. I mean, yeah. I'd, lo- I'd love to only be a pound behind your, of your bank balance, Corey, of course, but you know, it's, but, but, but I'm also is... slightly better looking too, Jason. To be... <laughs> well, yeah, but the, the, the problem Dep- is, depends, I guess who you ask. <laughs> the, the biggest decisions on the, on the future of Derby County, at this moment in time, Derby County's existence aren't being made based on a footballing decision. They're, they're being made on who's got the biggest checkbook. Yeah. And, you know, that... That, that is not me, what I thought you were going to say, who has the biggest, <laughs> and then I did not think checkbook was going to come next, but yeah. it did, it's like, thank God. It's like, a, it's like a game of blankety-blank, that one. Answer, you can post, post your answers below to that, what I should have said. So, so let's... Go on, go on and finish. Go on and finish your your point about about the 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 alpha field stuff. Yeah, and I'm, it's just like we've said. Just to round it all up, this is the the naming of the preferred bidder isn't everything, and we all sail off into the sunset and, and we finish top of the championship next season. It, it, it is it is the start of the end. But I do think, dependent on who gets the nod, I think a lot of fans will either be optimistically cautious or they'll be they'll be quite comfortable with 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 the choice um and then of course from there Corey it's you know the fate the fate's in the hands of gods is is what it is um but I mean if if you know the money isn't there to pay the 25p in the pound and Derby get another 15 point deduction so be it so so be it if if that means that We've got somebody who knows how to run a football club and has eventually, when they're able to, has got the money to back whoever's in charge. And then I would, I would take that. I think that's, it's a lesser of two evils. I'd, I'd take that and know, and, and take the fifteen point hit and know we've got a future rather than yeah, definitely go definitely. through all this, go through all this fight this season, which is what obviously what we're going and then realize through. we don't have a football club. And then anyway. ultimately, not having a football club anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's switch gears, Jason, because you've got twenty minutes left. Um, give or take a bit, um, but we've got a couple couple different segments. Um, let's go to Kevin first from the Luton Town Supporters Trap, who has provided us with a review of his thoughts of Derby County's loss to Luton Town at the weekend. Hi guys, um, let's be honest, it wasn't the greatest game of football in the world to watch, was it? Uh, clearly two sides who would put everything in twice already this week, uh, didn't have an awful lot left to give. I didn't think the referee particularly helped the game. I thought he was terrible. Um, stopping it, starting it, there was no flow to it. There was no tempo, no rhythm, no nothing really. It was just a, a scrappy game of football. We'll take the win. Um, but it's certainly not a game that, unlike previous Luton v Derby games, will live uh, too long in the memory. We'll resign that one to uh, be forgotten about 
pretty quickly. I thought we were pretty average, really, certainly for the first hour. We got better once Nathan Jones made a few changes. Uh, once we got a bit more of an extra physical presence up front, we could win some second balls. And eventually the goal came from that route. We had a couple more chances after that. Um, we kind of grew stronger into the game. Should have put the game to bed, uh, obviously, with James Bree, but didn't. And, you know, it got a bit nervy towards the end. But all in all, I mean, we, 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 we were pretty average, really. But it's just, they say it's a sign of a good side, don't they, that when you win... And you don't play particularly well. I thought Derby were all right. Um, popped the ball about well. They just lacked an end product, really. Um, Kazim Richard should have scored in the first five minutes, shouldn't he? And once that chance went, you kind of thought that Derby's kind of ideas in front of goal um, disappeared, really. You know, it, it, there, wasn't, there wasn't too much quality in the game from either side, really. To be fair, it's just the goal from um, from Hilton, probably the one bit of quality from us. And obviously that night strike that um, Jed Steer pushed onto the crossbar, probably the best piece, uh, best piece of quality from Derby. Just a really scrappy game. I hope, hopefully um, that was just a, 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 a long week and um, both sides will improve on that. As far as the result goes, I mean, it's fantastic for us, isn't it? Um, any home win is a good win. Moves us into the top six. Who knows how far we can go. Um, but, we, you know, we can dream of making the playoffs. And when you think where we've come from over the last two or three years and and even further back from that, I mean, it's in, it's crazy to think that we could that we could make the playoffs, let alone be sitting in the playoff places right now. Man of the match for our team. Uh, well, I mentioned uh, in the preview podcast that Alan Campbell was one to watch. I thought he had a good game. But Reese Burke was the best player on the pitch for us. Brilliant defensively, dealt with the threats that came his way. So comfortable on the ball and became a real attacking outlet the longer the game went on. And then the second half, you know, he probably should have scored when he hit the side netting. Um, but, you know, really, really solid performance. There wasn't too many standout players on the pitch for either side, really. Um, but I thought Reese Burke was as good as anyone. Uh, he, he had a great game and um, warming into that role nicely. Um, as I say, overall, not a great game. We'll take the win and see where it takes us. Hopefully you guys will respond and uh, you can pull off the great escape. Before the next segment, I want to quickly talk to you about the Fan Hub app. Fan Hub are looking to put fans first and change the game, giving back to the real heroes of football, us, the fans. Download the app now from Apple or Google stores and get involved predicting lineups. Check in on match days and check your fan statistics. Compete against fans of our club and other football teams. Let's help get Derby County up that leaderboard. Also, it's a great way to get media content from all creators across the Fan Hub family, including our stuff at the Rams Review Podcast for Derby County. Download today and you can avoid the queue using our unique code. Contact us on social media for more details and check out the Fan Hub app and website. Our thanks go out to Kevin. Hopefully, Kevin, hopefully we'll be able to collaborate again with you next season. Uh, fingers crossed with that. Jason, I, I want to just talk, not maybe specifically about the game. We can touch on it very briefly, but I want to have a general, a larger conversation with you because we talked a little bit about this off air, that it's a weird thing. Don't we win a game and everyone's like, oh yeah, great escapes on. We're doing this. We're in some form. We're going to do it. We're adding a trash. Peterborough suck, Barnsley are terrible, Hull's terrible, and whatnot. 
and then we lose a game, one game of football, or Reading Reading won the game, right? Reading won the game, not against Blackpool the previous game. Oh God, Reading won, life's over, boo, whatever. We have a poor result against Luton, and everyone's going, "Oh God, it's over. We're going down." You know, it's all doom and gloom. It's all negative and whatever. I mean, okay, games of football are won and lost. There's 13 games left. There's going to be some bumps on the road. Derby County's all of a sudden not going to turn into like 2005 vintage Real Madrid or current iteration Liverpool and just start wiping the floor with everybody. There's going to be some bumps in the road. Um, you know, Peterborough's got a new manager. Reading's got a new manager, by the way, which is Paul Paul Ince, who's terrible. He hasn't been in the game in like seven years, eight years. So if he was any good, he'd have a job. And all of a sudden we're expecting them because they win one game of football, whatever. Reading reverted back to form. They lost 4-1 to Blackpool. Thank you, Neil Critchley and Blackpool, because he knows what he's doing up there. Um, but Jay, the players are starting to look a bit tired. Fatigue's starting to set in. Is this is this a systemic thing with these losses? Or is this something that is just this is just a blip in the map and you have confidence that, that Rooney will write the ship here and we'll, we'll get back to not outstanding form, but, but putting, putting one and one or three points on the board more often than not. I, I have confidence that we will win more games this season. Will we win enough? Is obviously going to be, is going to be the, the tough task. I want to point out something that, and this was definitely one of the point, one of the main points I want to make on on this whole conversation. It is based around Luton. I saw exactly what you was talking about. That's it. Derby didn't pick up any results against, didn't pick up a result against Luton. That's it. Derby relegated. And I saw so many fans put that on social media after the game. I mean, I don't know if. And I don't want to. I don't want to badmouth fans, Corey, because that that is not. Yeah, me. but have some consistency in your belief. I'm a football fan, right? Derby's not really let us down all season. They've been in competitive in all the games. When you're competitive in the games, you're going to pick up more points than not. And then all of a sudden, you're expecting Reading, who are trash. They pick. They picked up one point in two months. They win one game of football, and they're like, Reading, I'm out of here. That's different. Come on. I know. That's one win from now until the rest of the season. They freaking lost four one to Blackpool because they're crap. Well, this is it. They got rid of Ferguson. They've got in Grant McCann. That's fine. Grant McCann, to be fair, was a decent league one manager, but he didn't pull up any trees in the championship. That's why he got sacked by Hull. And I don't know who the hell Hull have. The Georgian all-time top goal scorer. He's a waste of space. He can, he, he's going to get sacked in six months. It's not even worth knowing his name. But then all of a sudden, they're expecting Grant McCann to come. Oh, well, Peterborough's back. They got Grant McCann. Peterborough, no disrespects. Peterborough have been crap all season. Okay? They were crap against Darby. They were, I've seen them a couple other times. They were, they were garbage. I watched one game and I couldn't even believe it was a championship game. I was like, if this was like French league, I'd turn it off. It was, terrible. was it when they played us? No, it was the game before they played. That, 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 that wasn't great. It was, like, it was like, oh, you know, this is crap. And then all of a sudden they expect, oh, they get one result. Oh, Jesus, it's over. And don't be lose one game. Oh, it's over. I, I mean, think- I, I, I try to look at things objectively, Jason, and try to try to look at it. And, but I have a consistent belief until we're mathematically eliminated. Okay that we can get out of this quagmire because there's nothing that's proven to me yet. Other than the fact that we might run out of games or the squad might be a bit small. With a slightly bigger squad, we definitely get out of this. That's not a problem. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, it's, it's just the highs and the lows. I mean, pick one. Every, what you've got to, rem- I mean, they said that a week's a long time in football over the last two weeks, everybody at the bottom end have been playing each other. There are yes. all going to be results being picked up. And yeah. I saw some fans after the Luton game going, oh, that's it. Derby relegated. Derby couldn't beat Luton. 
Luton have got the most points in 2022 out of anybody in the championship. They're the, like fifth. I know they, they're in the top six. I don't know if they're fifth. They're in the playoff. I, th- I think the six, the, the six, they've got the most points in January. They're in the top six. Their home form is fantastic. Uh, Kenilworth Road is one of the most notorious places to go. Teams Fulham, Bournemouth haven't been able to go there and win. Yet all of a sudden, every single, most Derby fans thought that we were going to turn up and smash him because we need the points more. Because it's little, because it's little old Luton. That's why. It's just yeah. like when we our friends at the Reds report, they go all the teams like Barnsley, and Barnsley were like top of the division last year. Yeah, I know. And this year, don't get me wrong, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's like this is a good Luton team. This is why we talk to. This is why we talk to fans from opposition teams. We like to take the blinders off and find out how their seasons are going. Well, exactly. I didn't. You can sit there. Huddersfield's garbage. I've watched Huddersfield several times. They're garbage, but the league table doesn't lie. They're fourth. Yeah, I know. Well, well this is it. I mean, league table doesn't lie. They're fourth. I, I mean, I. It was the same with the Millwall game last week. I mean, Derby have got a terrible record against Millwall at home. Um, Millwall's a tough team to play, but, but they are. They are. I mean, Derby. It's not sexy. It's not attractive. You can go down there and probably get stabbed. <laughs> well, I, I, I did say. I did say at the beginning of this week. We've. It's got a th- tough place to go. Of course it or is. Not- we didn't play at the dead, but they're a tough team. Yeah, they are massively. Gary Rowett knows exactly what he's doing in this division. That's why he's had the the Derby job, the Stoke job and the Millwall job. Yeah, exactly. What he was doing, he wouldn't have a job. He would probably get a better job, wouldn't he? Yeah. There was, after the (laughs) the three games this week, I certainly didn't, Derby had to pick up, Derby needed to at least win, win one and get a, get a draw out of the other. But I never, never, I mean, okay, we'll touch on it in a second. I didn't expect anything from Luton. Tomorrow night against Cardiff is is a game Derby have to target. Yes, if, if I, Derby... I would expect more out of Cardiff than I would out of Luton. Yeah, and if this is when you this is when you circle this is when you circle the fixture list, right? And you go, are we going to pick points up against Fulham? No. Okay, where are we going to pick our points up? Like, if, let's say you're a Premier League team, right? You're going to get relegated, like Burnley. You're not going to pick your points up against Liverpool, Manchester City, Manchester United. You can cross them off. Those are just lost. You get anything, it's a bonus. And then it's a numbers game, right? Oh, if we pick up six against Peterborough, we pick up six here, whatever. You know, that's where you pick your points up. Of course it is. But, I mean, tomorrow night is I'm, – I'm not season over. But if Derby fail to take anything out of tomorrow night's the, game and don't beat Barnsley on Saturday, then I do think it's season over. I, I do. Well, yeah, I because do. I think, I think they've got, I think you, we've looked at it, 13 games left. Derby could probably lose one, maybe two games, maybe two games. Okay. And they can afford to maybe draw two, maybe three games, maybe. So then it becomes a numbers game, right? So it's like, okay, you know, like you say, Cardiff becomes a massive game. And then the really big game is against Barnes. That's a massive game. Yeah. So oh, without doubt, go in and it becomes a numbers game. You just have to keep putting in good performances and trying to get results. And if you're mathematically eliminated, I am not going to sit here and say that Darby's going to go down. No, me neither. And I mean, look, it, the odds are I'm not a stupid person, Jason. I, I know I've been watching football my entire life. I mean, some people might listen and think I'm stupid. That's fine. Whatever. Got it, it depends on the day, but you just. Until they're mathematically eliminated. I know it's going to be an uphill battle. I'm not stupid. I'm not oblivious to that fact. But at the end of the day, until someone sits there and says, Darby County, you're mathematically eliminated, then I'll hold my hands up. Okay, fine. We weren't good enough this season. Let's rebuild for next season. Then you play the kids. You find out who wants to stick around for next year, whatever. But you have to continue to believe. You have to continue to believe. We've come too far as fans and as a club, okay, and as supporters and, and all this stuff this past season. 
we've come too far to to give up hope now. Yeah, F- fully well, agree. It's like you're, in, you're it's like I'm in a world title fight, and I don't know much about boxing, right? And all of a sudden, like the tenth round, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to give up. Let this guy hit me in the face so I can go home and eat some burritos. No, I've got this far. Let me go and try to win it. I don't care if I'm outmatched or whatever. You know. I mean, you, you have to go until you can't go anymore. And you just have to keep the faith. You have to keep the faith. Because two weeks ago, we had faith when Dobby won, like, what, a game and, and had, a, had a draw or something. Oh, God, yes, keep the faith. We're staying up. We're staying up. We're staying up. And now, all of a sudden, we, we've had a couple poor results. Teams around us have had poor results. And, all, yeah, we're, we're, we're done. Yeah. Take, take chicken out the oven. The goose is still. No, like, I agree. I, I, I do agree. I mean, come on. I mean, the we've Luton come game. too far now to give up. We've come too far. Yeah. You know, we've been, we've been kicked in the gut in other places, you know, all season. This fan base has had, you know, emotionally, emotionally draining situations of we might even have a football club the next week. I mean, that's literally what we were talking about a month ago. Like, what else are we going to talk about? Because we're going to go out of business. We don't have an owner. We're in freaking administration. We got people who don't know what the head from the hole in the ground, right? We had like nine players leave in January. We've come too too damn far now to just give up. To just sit there and go, oh well, we had a bad result. Let's freaking go out there. Let's back the lads. Let's go get a result and let's stay in this goddamn division. That's what we have to go and do until you tell me otherwise. And then we can go down. That's fine. We'll rebuild in League One, which is also a tough league, which we'll talk about later, but and later in other episodes. But we've come too damn far now to just give up. And you have one poor result and you're just ready to give up and throw in the towel. Please, come on. I mean, we, that, we, irritates me. that irritates me. Yeah, no, it, it does me too. Derby County, you back Derby County. You go every week, right? You don't go to the stadium every week expecting him to lose. You don't, because you go there and you're like, Derby's going to win tonight. I feel it. I feel it. And you know that sometime they're going to lose because you watch whatever how many odd home games there are, fifteen, eighteen, or whatever. But at some point they're going to lose, and you just go, "Oh well, that's it. Might as well go out of business now." I mean, what if it was like that? We got an EFL statement like, "Oh, we might as well go out of business now. Just put us out of misery." No, let's fight until the end. That's Derby County. That's what we're trying to do. That's the mantra for this season. Until we're mathematically eliminated, we're going to do the great escape. Why not believe? What's the harm in believing? What's the harm in just saying like, "We might be able to do this"? Why not us? Why not us? No, exactly. I mean, it. I just, I just don't understand that mentality. You lose one football match, and it's like, oh, chucking the towel here. We're baked. Uh, done here. I mean, don't don't get me wrong, Corey. Time is running out, and as I said, yes, I, the window is closing. And it, it really very is slim, small margin for error. Yeah, very, very small margin for error. You can maybe lose. You can maybe afford to drop points in four games for the rest of the season, out of thirteen. So you got to win nine. That's a tough ask for any team other than Fulham. Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I think this year, I think it's it's going to be one of the lowest points totals to stay up. I, I really do. So I, I'm not looking at it that Derby have got to win nine games. I, I, it, you've just got to, you have got to take it game by game. But at some point, and, and the point that I want to come on to um, is you have got to, you have got to go on a bit of a run. And Derby's form just recently is not as good as as it as it could be. I mean, Luton on Saturday. We'll we'll touch on it briefly. Played all right. I mean, Kazim Richards misses a sitter in the first half. Max Bird, it's the it's the crossbar. Either one of them two go in. Derby have got something to hold on to. 
Cameron Jerome comes on in the 70th, 70th minute. They pump one ball up to him. He knocks it down. He's been on the pitch two minutes. They score a goal. Jam. I know. It, it's just, it's just what, what a day when he was leading the line for us. I know. But it's, it's I just never one. appreciated the man. It's, no, me neither, really. It's just one, you know, it's, it's one mistake and Derby have, Derby have lost the three points. I'm, well, lost, lost a point. But I, I want to look into a bit more deeper. And I think you've got to go back probably to the start of January, really. Um, everybody said, obviously, Jagielka left. Everybody said, oh, it's all right. I mean, it'll be a loss, but Richard Stearman will come in. Erin Cashin's coming. And can I say, over the last three games, Erin Cashin has been incredible. But I think you are starting to see, if you look at the period in times of mid-January to now, how many goals Derby have conceded, it, it's a lot. It's, it's, it is it's a lot. It's, it's nearly two every game. Um, and, you know, you're not going to win football matches every week conceding two goals. Um, Luke Plange. I mean, scored three or four goals. Look, look to world beater. Last couple of games, has moved to Palace. He's gone missing. This is the this is the thing. And um, again, you're relying on. But this is the thing, people. Because we have a million pound striker from Crystal Palace. I told this to the Palace lads when I spoke to him about Luke Plange. You know, when we were doing like a season preview and we we're talking about 23s to potentially step up, his name wasn't even on the radar. Yeah, he popped up. He's played eight games. He scored three goals. He's done well. Fantastic. Whatever. Got his million pound move. But you can't, again, we saw it with Liam Thompson, young players fade in their first rookie season or their first part of a season. That's why you got you to you phase him in here. Yeah. got to phase him in. And he's struggling. And we're relying on a kid who's got no pedigree. And this is no disrespect to Luke Plange at all. But you're relying on a lad with no pedigree to save us. And he's going to go through a tough time and maybe his tough times right now. Maybe that's why CKR started. Maybe CKR needs to continue to start. I don't know. Well, he, he, I mean, to be fair, he didn't really, he didn't really bring anything to the party on, on Saturday. Yeah, that well, much. Jason, I mean, I'm, we're clutching at straws. We've got two strikers and both of them misfiring. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, this is the thing, but I think flip, flip a coin. The, the form recently, I mean, you like the Peterborough, the Peterborough, I mean, yes, we battered them, but we didn't, we didn't, we didn't do enough. I mean, we, okay. We scored a goal in the last minute, the Birmingham game, we got absolutely bloody outplayed for 75 minutes. Sheffield United, if it hadn't have been for two wonder strikes from Tom, from Tom Lawrence, we'd have only got a point. It, it, it's things like Derby, whilst they're in games, and they have been all season, they don't look as much of a threat. Personally, I don't think. I don't think they look as much of a threat in front of goal over the last couple of weeks. We have nothing going forward. No, and, uh, and it comes down to nothing tiredness. Going tiredness um, the players are having to play. You know, you've got Curtis Davis. And you have a lot of young players too that are yeah. going to start in a wall. Unfortunately, even, if, even at my my age and your age, Jason, if all of a sudden we sold up and we're going to go, we're going to play football twice a week, every week for half a year. At some point, even at our age, we probably hit that wall sooner. Yeah, but you're going to hit a well, wall. I would, I would. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not the fittest man at all, but yeah, it, yeah. But, it, but you know, what I mean, like whatever you do, you're going to hit a wall when it's the first thing that you're doing. Yeah, of course. Senior professionals. Look at Marcus Rashford. He's played what. 25 odd games for England, and he's played hundreds of times. He's hit a wall. Look yeah. at Deli Alley, 25. He's hit a wall. I mean, his, his wall has been like 18 months. He's been hitting a wall, Deli Alley. But players hit walls. Yeah. That's what happens. And when you have young players, they hit them sooner than seasoned players because, you know, like Festi himself, he can't keep that pace up for 36 games as a teenager. His body will recover quicker, but mentally, mentally, something happens at, at some point. It's like when you go to the gym and you consistently do the same workout, you're eventually going to plateau. And at that point, you need to stop for a couple of weeks. And then you can restart. I remember when we talked to Ian Foyer, right? Former Derby County goalkeeper. He was talking about how 
you know, sometimes when a goalkeeper's not performing, you just have to send him home and say, just do nothing for three or four days. Just do yeah. nothing and just come back. That's why the whole situation with Lawrence, it looks like he's being rewarded for red card. He's not. But what are you going to do? Make him do double sessions so he comes back more fatigued? Or or take him out the fire line. Let the guy go get some sun because he ain't going to play anyway. Because Morrison went to Jamaica. Nobody said crap all about that. Yeah. Right? And let him come back because he's Darby's most influential player. He's like the only Darby that has any goal threat whatsoever. So why not just have him go away, step away from football, come back refreshed, and come back for the last 11 games of the season? What's the problem? No, I fully agree. I fully agree. And I think I think, I think, think what it is, Connor, I think it's just that, you know, Darby of I think it's fair to say Darby have overachieved so far this season. And I think... They have. We've had a lot of luck. It's just Bielik's starting goal. to... That was luck. Bielik's, Bielik's goal. That was luck. And it's nothing to take away from because they were world-class strikes. They were amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I just think it's... I just think... We've had a lot of luck. Yeah. And at some point, it's going to balance it out. I just think it is. I think it started... I think our situation is, is starting to catch up with us a little bit. And... I think really the best thing, I mean, if we, we need to get through tomorrow and try and get something out of the game, you can, if you can, you're going to, you need three points in one of the two games. And that game's massive because it's our game at hand as well. Yeah. We, we've got to take a win, at least one win. We've got to stay, we need four points at least out of the next two games. Um, and then we've probably got one more fixture, is it, before the international break? It might be two. Derby, Derby County need an international break. They, they need yeah, a break. Yeah, it's after they, Barnsley because we've got Cardiff, Barnsley. And then, then it bumps to 12, and that's Bournemouth, Blackburn, and Coventry. Which, obviously, are, are three tough, re- tough really, really, really tough, tough games with two of those being away. But Derby need now, if they can go unbeaten in these next two, and they do, but they do need to win one of them. I, I, I do believe they do need to win one of them. Um, get to that international break, re- refresh, regroup, and then you attack the, what, final 10 games of 11 or 10 games, whatever it is. Yeah, you've got to give it a right good go. Yeah. I mean, eight points is, at the minute, eight points is a, is big. Yeah, I like you say, get to the international break. Let's but, freak it through here. Give them, a, give, them a bit of a, give, them a, give them a bit of a break, and then let's go out there and let's give it a run for the next 10 games. Because that's I, all we can do. I'm pretty sure that we said at the beginning of the season, and everybody was kind of singing from the same hymn sheet, if with 10 games to go, we're single figures points out of the relegation zone, we, we've got everything to play for. And at this moment in time, it is still looking likely without Reading, you know, becoming a miracle, um, it, it could well, it could well work in that favour. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not, a, I'm, I'm not giving up just yet, but th- that window of opportunity is, is closing fast, I think. And now Jason, let's turn our attention to the Cardiff game where we've got our friend Nigel, who's been on the podcast a couple of times. Um, he sent us some, some, some insights into Cardiff. Nigel Harris, Cardiff City supporter, talking to Rams Review Podcast to preview the game tomorrow night. How has Cardiff City season gone? Um, indifferent would be an understatement. It's been horrendous for the most part, but finally, after dark and black times, we're actually seeing a bit of daylight again. Most Cardiff fans thought a top 10 place, even a playoff position, was the aim this season and, and entirely achievable. It's been anything but. Where has it gone wrong? Um, striker Kiefer Moore wanted to leave the club in the summer Wolves showed interest but never came through with the right offer Uh, Kiefer's former motivation seemed to drain away and he started having some strange injuries a couple of bouts of Covid and recently left us for Bournemouth and it's quite an indictment that most Cardiff fans weren't disappointed to see him leave after being such a hero for us last season 
Another key issue was Cardiff's squad was quite an ageing squad um, and included 10 senior players out of contract this summer, most on high wages from our last day in the Premier League, and their performance levels were, were dropping off to a significant extent. However, the key issue was manager Mick McCarthy, um, a poor appointment in the eyes of many Cardiff City fans, and it was compounded by his failure to really address issues within the squad over the summer. And we kicked off the season with no creativity in midfield, no pace on the flanks, um, a rookie left back with no cover. And it's soon told in terms of poor performances, poor results. And if I'm honest, we were just a boring team to watch. McCarthy never fired up the fans. He never engaged with the fans. And it reached its low point in a home televised game against West Brom, where unbelievably he started playing five centre-halves across the back. Cardiff lost that game 4-0, and it could have been at least double that score. Unbelievably, he repeated it a couple of weeks later with a similar result, and it was no surprise when he eventually uh, had his dismissal. Many Cardiff fans actually felt that he was picking such bizarre sides and tactics to manufacture his exit. It was that bad. When McCarthy left, um, Chairman Mehmet Dalman promised he would not take any risk and get an experienced replacement. So up stepped uh, Steve Morrison, not long retired as a player, um, coaching the academy with no experience at all to be in charge. So it was worrying at the time. However, Morrison immediately produced better football. It was impossible for it to be any worse. And he started engaging with the fans. And he also started using... Uh, local boys, academy players, which criminally Cardiff had not done for the best part of a decade. This sort of refreshed and re-engaged the support, um, but initially got mixed results because even under Steve Morrison, Cardiff retained the worst home record in all four divisions and, and in their entire history. Unbelievably, we lost nine out of ten home games up until late last year. And even more incredibly, we did not score a single first-half goal in any game this season until November. However, away form has always been strong. The problems had entirely been at home. City went into the January transfer window with genuine relegation concerns. However, Morrison played a blinder, recalling two loaned players who fans felt shouldn't have left the club anyway and making four new signings. All of them loan players, but each of these new faces have had a positive impact. And um, we've also seen some of the older players sort of jettisoned, for want of a better term. The result is that Cardiff were two points away from relegation a couple of weeks ago. They're now 13 points away from relegation with 12 games to go. And there's a new confidence about the club. Um, the manager feels connected to the fans. The players certainly are. Um, and there's a great spirit about the, the team. It feels like a football club and a football team again. Um, nobody can be complacent, but the feeling is that Cardiff should be climbing the table in the closing weeks of the season. That remains to be seen. Recent form have been excellent with the club winning four out of five games. However, it's just one point from the last nine. Having said that, in losing the last two matches, they were to Huddersfield away, the most informed team in the division, and Cardiff were leading with two minutes to go, but lost in added time. Last Saturday, City lost at home to runaway leaders Fulham, but that game was blighted by the club losing three players on the morning of the match with illness, and a couple more players were playing through illness. That apart, they went toe-to-toe with Fulham and were arguably unlucky not to have had at least a draw. 
key players for City uh, and the ones to watch out for tomorrow night. At right wing back, check out Cody Drama on loan from Leeds United. Marco Bielsa didn't want him to leave, but he insisted on going away to play. And he's been an absolute revelation. 50, 60, 70, 80 yard runs are a feature of his game. And he can put in a number of them during a match and find a pinpoint cross at the end of it. He really is outstanding and a class above. In midfield, Tommy Doyle on loan from Manchester City has been a revelation too. He is controlling the midfield, adding quality, vision, superb crosser of the ball. And he's got a goal or two in him as well and can really take hold of a game working alongside Joe Rawls, who's in prime form. Up front, Cardiff only had one or two strikers most of this season, but can suddenly choose from between five or six. I think what we'll see tomorrow night is Jordan Hugill, also on loan this time from Norwich, um, will likely partner one of the kids. Um, Isaac Davis is very exciting, pacey in the Craig Bellamy mould. Or it could be Mark Harris, who has been uh, a fantastic impact player from the bench, but often starts home games. What do Cardiff fans feel about Derby and Derby County? There's a question. Um, I think it's fair to say that ever since Snowgate um, a couple of years ago, Cardiff haven't had the, the rosiest feelings towards Derby. Um, and if you remember that match, it was a, a Sunday game when Cardiff were at the top of the table. Derby had most of their, or over half the team injured, and suddenly a little bit of snow fell and was uh, hardly covering the pitch, but the game got called off. Uh, Cardiff fans didn't take that very well, having mostly travelled up there or were well on the way when that turned around. That was compounded by Marlon Pack scoring a last-minute goal in the last game of last season against Rotherham at Cardiff City Stadium to send Rotherham down and keep Derby up. Um, I don't think there were good feelings towards Marlon Pack for that as well, but I understand he was celebrated in Derby, rightly so. When Derby's problems were made apparent this season, I think Cardiff fans felt there was a little bit of comeuppance to a certain degree. But having seen um, the fantastic, magnificent support from the Derby supporters and the superb effort to the team and manager, which in fairness have outperformed Cardiff over the season on a far lesser budget, um, there's a begrudging admiration for what the club have been achieving. Uh, I just hope as a football fan, Derby sort out their issues and you come back stronger next season, whether that's in the Championship or in League One. But I wish you all well. As for tomorrow's match, well, I love midweek games under lights and the recent ones at Cardiff have been really good spectacles. I'm expecting more of the same tomorrow, particularly as, in fairness, Derby have got to win. No other result is acceptable and that should help uh, make for an open game and an exciting encounter. Personally, however, I believe that Cardiff's reform side are going to persevere and will come out 2-0 or 3-1 on top. But I certainly never underestimate Cardiff's ability to mess it up either. At least we'll have no snow for a change. So um, those Derby fans coming down to Cardiff, don't worry, we'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Before we move on to our next segment, we are proud to announce that we are going to be partnering with two amazing organizations this year. First is going to be Flat Back Four, and the second is Six Yards Out. Flat Back Four provide a wide range of club um, memorabilia with the kind of foosball four guys um, on it as well. Amazing clothing range. They've got some awesome Derby stuff, so go and check them out. And we'll be doing some competition giveaways um, and various different bits and bobs throughout the season, so stay tuned for that. And our second partnership is going to be with the Six Yard Out folks. They do some amazing different kind of bespoke gifts, all kind of things Derby County. They've got England mugs, Derby County mugs, and various different kits, and you can get them customized and have old players on them. Um, some really amazing things. You can use Rams Review 
as a, as a coupon code there as well and get 10% off. Really proud to be partnering with two amazing retail retail partners. So be on the lookout for those um, and check them out if you haven't already. Um, again, that's, that's Flatback 4 and 6 Yards Out. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the next segment. Our thanks go out to Nigel. Nigel, always great to hear from you, mate. Um, I hope we get to, to meet up real soon. And I get, hope, again, we get to collaborate. Uh, well, we will be collaborating later in the season, Jason, because this is the makeup game. This is the game in hand uh, against Cardiff away. Um, Cardiff, different animal than last season. I'll just put it that way. Um, saw a couple games of them this year. I don't know. They've got Jordan Hugel up top. He, he is what Jordan Hugel is at this level. Um, but yeah, uh, Sean Morrison's the manager. He's not a, he's not a, not a Neil Warnock. He's not a, uh, who was the lad at Millwall who ran him? Neil Harris. Neil Harris, yeah. You know, so broke up the, the managerial things of Neil. But going to this game, Jason, like we said, we have to go out here. We have to get a result. We've been saying this for weeks now on the podcast. Every time we're, we're previewing a game, you know, we have to go out and get a, get a result against the Cardiff side that, to be honest, they're tough, they're physical, but they lack a lot of, um, that I think definitely can, uh, I definitely think we can go out there and get a result. Yeah, me too. Um, as There's nothing really from Cardiff that scare me. I don't well, know. no, because obviously Kiefer Moore moved on, didn't he? Uh, in, yeah, thank God. In January. So, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, one of my one of my top tips for top, for a top six this season were Cardiff. Um, and obviously, it just every time I predict somebody to be in the top six, they normally have an awful season. So you predicted Derby to be in the top six, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I did. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, funnily enough, as um, we've just just been listening to some bits and pieces, um, Cardiff's squad is absolutely decimated with illness from the weekend, um, and quite a lot of players are still missing. So it might not it, it might not be a full strength Cardiff side. So what another, what, I mean, what a great opportunity uh, for, for Derby to go on Tuesday. We know that our away form has to pick up. Our away form is absolutely terrible, let's face it. Um, and it's like we were talking about in, in the previous segment, Corey. The window of opportunity for Derby is, is getting narrower. It is getting narrower. We know Barnsley aren't a great side. We know Peterborough aren't a great side. We know Reading aren't a great side. Don't get me wrong, they have been picking up some results, but I think that's more to the fact that they've been playing each other and, you know, like they, they were no way that they were going to continue on that one point in 20 games or whatever its stupid r- 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 room, uh, run was. It was never going to be that. So, you know, playing, it was never going to be that plain sailing for Derby. But tomorrow does feel like it's, it, it's, it is almost make or break time for me. I, I think if you, if you fail to get a result tomorrow and you fail to beat Barnsley on Saturday, I think that does even, you know, mass out the window. I think that does mentally more than anything. I think that just knocks the stuffing out of Derby. I, I really do. So I, I do think we've, we've got to, we've got to get something out of the game tomorrow night. And I think there is, there is an opportunity to get something out of the night. I mean, Derby didn't play bad against Luton. They, they weren't bad to say it's a, a side out of the top six who have been in absolute blistering form so far this season, uh, this season. And certainly since the turn of the year, even better. You know, they'd won like eight, eight out of 10 games or something, nine out of 10 games or whatever it was. You know, Derby, Derby did all right. Derby did all right. I mean, Cardiff, like you say, Cardiff will, will come with a similar similar tactic, I would have thought. Um, there'll, there'll be a similar kind of side, like you say, Jordan Ugo, decent, uh, 
decent striker, obviously scored in his debut there, but I don't think he's done a great deal since then. Will so, be a good test though for Aaron, for young Aaron Cashin, because Hugo's a, a big unit. Obviously you've got, um, what do you call it? Um, big Kurt there too, but you know, it'll be, be, a, be a, a good learning curve for Aaron Cashin if, if he does play, because I do believe Stearman's suspension's over. So yeah. Rich, who is my current Colt favorite player, um, big Rich will come in. Maybe for Cashin, I don't know. Cashin I don't. Done. I don't think you could drop him at the minute, Corey. I, I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's played quite well, so it'll he's, be, it'll he's be almost, a good test for him against the big physical, experienced forward in Hugo. If, if we if we have a look at our posts on Man of the Matches, I think he's won it the last three games. So, you know, I mean, what does that tell you, Darby? Obviously, troubles for, going forward, but um, obviously, I think this is the final game of Tom Lawrence's ban. So he will be back and available for for the Barnsley game. It, 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 but it does it does feel like it's going to be one of those games where you need that little bit of magic just to to separate a result. Um, I thought the Luton game was like that. Derby had one or two opportunities uh, and didn't and didn't take them. And at the minute, Derby aren't taking them chances when they're presented. And tomorrow night, they have to do their level best. Um, and I mean, I'm not knocking them. I don't think that I don't think they're giving up. Um, but you know, you, you've got the likes of you know Sibley. He, he comes in, he scores a goal, he starts the next game, he goes missing. It's it, there are too many at the minute, more than we need, more than we could afford. There's just a couple having off games. I, I think, to be honest with you, I mean, is, one... is this is this is this Louis Sibley and Derby County at the end for you? Because he's full of promise. He scored the hat trick. He's now flattered to deceive for 18 months, scores a goal, goes missing, and Darby can't afford. I'm not saying he's a passenger. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, is this is this time in summer, is this a good time? Have we seen enough of Louis Sibley to be like, you know what? You're going to be a talented footballer, son. It's just not going to be, unfortunately, at Darby County. Do you know, I, I, I unfortunately, I don't, I don't know if his contract's up. Um, I don't know if Darby County are in the position at this moment in time to almost make that decision because I think if if there are said players that want to stay beyond this season, irregardless of what division Derby County are in, I think you because of the big rebuild job that's needed, I think having a few faces a few familiar faces around the building, you know, that kind of thing, just just helps helps rebuild in the summer. Um he's undoubtedly got quality. Uh, I don't particularly think we play to his best strengths. I don't particularly think he plays in his in, in his best position for Derby. But football, you know, some of the best footballers in the world are versatile. They have to be because th- that's just the way that it is. And I don't think when he's been given that opportunity to be, to show his versatility, I don't think he's necessarily done it. But I do think he's got something that Tom Lawrence, very similar to Tom Lawrence, Louis Sibley will score you a goal out of nothing. Exactly as he did against Peterborough, uh, you know we, we we can't say that about too many players at Derby. They, they don't score goals out of nothing. We know Tom Lawrence can do it. We know Louis Sibley can do it. Okay, Louis Sibley hasn't done it enough over the last eighteen months to two years. Was that because he had such a great start, you know, for the first team, and then everybody expected him to be at that level? Which, let's be honest, he wasn't going to be. Um, or if he was, then he said, if he were, if he was to prove that he was going to be that for the next eighteen months, Derby wouldn't have kept hold of him. Let, let's face it. So you, you know, he, we need the talent 
we need our talented players to turn up and we need our talented players to play and to give us the best opportunity to to get a result uh, Tuesday night and obviously moving forward. I agree. I just think it just says something about the lad when, you know, Max Bird, solid first teamer now. Buchanan is in and around it. Festia Vasele is going to be one of the first names on the team sheet. Thompson's come in. He started a lot more games. Plan just come in from nowhere, started a lot more games. And on the bench every week, and sometimes not as is Louis Sibley. I mean, look, Louis Sibley's going to be a top player. Um, lovely lad. Uh, you know, Darby through and through, and, and we want those type of players to succeed. But, you know, Darby this season and going forward, they cannot afford people who go missing for nine consecutive games. And maybe he's not got a run in the team. Maybe he hasn't gotten a run in the team. Maybe he's not gotten a fair shake. Maybe he's not played in his best position, but obviously there's something there that's telling the management team that he's not ready for the first team. And I just think that if you're going to have someone just stick around, I mean, maybe he turns it on league one. I don't know. But out of these young players, he's one of the more senior young players, if that makes sense, because he's been around this group now for, for over two years. You know, he would be, I mean, look at Jason Knight. Jason Knight is a solid first team. I didn't even mention him because I didn't even think of him as a youngster. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's gonna, up, he's gonna have up and down Sibley, but that you know, my point is, is maybe, maybe summer, maybe, maybe the time's just drawn to an end here, and we just have to go to the next batch of youngsters. I don't know. Sibley's one of those, not, but Sibley's one of those enigmas, Corey. He's he's too good for the under twenty threes. Every time he drops down for some game time, he tears it up, but then doesn't make that next. He he, he doesn't seem to be able to get a consistent. But, I mean, let's face it, it comes on as a substitute. First appearance in, what, three months? Scores a goal, gets given a chance from the start. Okay, it wasn't really in the game at all. But then he gets dropped the week after. I mean, what's what's that doing? Well, what's yeah, that doing I for agree. His confidence? You've got to do something. He's been doing this now for 18 months since Rudy's been in charge. Either play the lad or let the lad go. You know, play him consistently in the right position and, and, and see what happens. You know, I mean, look what happens. We play Tom Lawrence now in the centre instead of out wide, like he should have been playing for five years. And now look at me finally paying dividends. So, you, you know, it, it's one of those things that you want the lad to succeed, but 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 will he? Will he get the opportunities to do that? And, and obviously they're seeing something in training. And I'm not saying it's good management. I'm not saying it's poor management because I don't see training day in and day out. Yeah. You know, but, but you have to give somebody running the team at some point to see what they can give you. And if Rooney doesn't feel like that's the opportunity that Sibley, that Sibley can take that opportunity, then there's your answer. Yeah, I'm not saying get rid of him because I like the player. I'm just no, saying. I, I know. Term, term, just having these having these conversations. I think, to be honest with you, ultimately, I think what certainly, I'll like say, I don't know if his contract. I don't know if his contract's up. Um, even if his contract is up this summer, if he wants to stay, let's face it, he's not going to be on twenty grand a week. Derby are going. Derby are going to be working in a budget that Louis Sibley kind of fits in. And we've said this, Corey, it doesn't matter if Derby are in League One or in the Championship. The makeup and the look of Derby's eleven next season, it's not it's probably not going to be pretty because it's going to have to be needs must because of the restrictions that we've got. And Louis Sibley, I think, fits into that bracket. Does Louis Sibley fit into a, a top six Derby side? At his best, yes. But he's, if he's, his best comes around once every 10 games. That's exactly, exactly. How Which long means, is his best going to come up? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's conversations for the postseason. No, it is. But yeah, um, so I think, um, you know, moving it back to Tuesday, I mean, 
like you say, first, um, first time we've played Cardiff this season, so it's, it, it'll be the first time that a lot of lot of Derby fans have, have seen them. I've watched bits of them. I have, I've seen them a couple of times. They're they're a neat and tidy side, but they're, they're a mid-table, mid-to-low-table championship side at best. Exactly where, without the points deduction, Derby would be. So it's it's the kind of team, you know, these are the games. As, as I mentioned in, a pre, in the earlier segment, people expecting Derby to go and, be, and hammer Luton not deluded, but you've, you've got to use your noodle a little bit here. You know, Derby on paper, and I appreciate football's not played on paper, but on paper, Derby were not going to be expected to get anything out of that game. Derby go into the game tomorrow, and it's pretty much a 50-50. For me, it's pretty much a 50-50 game. They're about the same. They're about the same kind of quality. Um, they do have game changers in their side. Um, as I say, uh, by the sounds of it, they're they're struggling with a, a virus of some description. I don't believe it's COVID, um, a virus of some description, an illness that's going that's that's ripping through them at the minute. So we might not see the best. And Corey, I, I, I don't wish illness on anybody, but if they want to put out their under twenty three side or their under eighteen side, and we can take full advantage out of the, of that tomorrow night to get back on the bandwagon and and build up for that game against Barnsley on Saturday and pick up another three points, then. I mean, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Picking up three points tomorrow night would be absolutely massive. It would probably shy a couple of people away from social media for another couple of weeks. Just shut them up a little bit. Derby need to pluck a result away from home out. Because when you look at beyond Barnsley, like we mentioned earlier, when you look at we're going to Bournemouth, we're going to Blackburn. Blackburn, you yeah. know, and then we've got Coventry. Yeah, we're not we're not going to be expected to to, to pick up results in those games, and and so we've we've really got to. I mean, I know we we target most games, but we really have to target tomorrow night. And I do believe if they play in the same way as they played against Luton on Saturday, I think they'll cause. Um, I think they'll cause Cardiff trouble, but it will be the age-old, can Derby take one of their chances? Can Derby get a goal? Because it's, you know, it's it's been a while since Derby have been in front away from home. Um, we know what the battling qualities are when they go behind at home, uh, away from home, sorry. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how Derby play when they're, they're a goal to the good away from home. Um, and, you know, Nick that goal and 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 force Cardiff to us because I think if I you know you, you force Cardiff onto us, we we can we can counter attack. We can counter attack with the pace that we've got in the side. Um, it was very much a the same again. You know, at the Millwall game at home, obviously scoring after, conceding after a minute was always going to be difficult. But then, and obviously being two 0 down was always going to make it even harder. But Dob, we know Derby struggled to break teams down when when they put eleven men behind the ball. I don't think Cardiff are going to do that. No, I think the, the points are massive for Cardiff as well because they want to be pulling away and the only way you're going to get the points is if you win the game. So hmm. it could be a very, very attacking open game, um, yeah. you know, from, from my perspective. So hopefully there'll be chances. Hopefully there'll be some spills and thrills of the championship as we're, as we're quite used to know. But ultimately at the end of the day, hopefully the team in black and white will, will come out on top. Yeah, absolutely. I've got one final question for you, Corey, because um, we've been we've gone on, we've covered we've covered nearly all bases. Uh, one final question for you, um, and I'm sure we'll return to this in a couple of weeks as well. Um, Christian Bielik, we've seen him from the start now for three, three, four games. He's, he's been involved in the last five or six. Uh, what, what, is he has he come back? Do you, do you think he's what was expected? Do you think he's been better than what's expected? Do you do you think 
I mean, I, I presume there is still more to come for him because obviously he's still building up that fitness. Have you been a little bit disappointed with with Christian Bielik since he's come back? What, what's your thoughts? I, I think I think I've been quite pleased to be honest from from Bielik. I mean, you've had a you, you got to look at this in context. You have a, what is he twenty three? He's had two ACL tears in two years. He's played about ten games in that time. You know, in between the two ACL tears, and he's working his way back. ACL tears are tough. The second one's even tougher. Um, and I don't think you can anticipate any more. I mean, I think last season before he got injured, he was probably the best midfielder in the league. Um, and I still think that he he can reach those levels. I think there's another level for Bielik. I think we've seen him, you know, really dictate play and really be a dominant force. Dobby, a different side with him in the team. Um, and I still think there's more to come from him as he slowly builds back up his fitness and continues this rehabilitation program because, you know, yeah, sure, he's played five or six games in a row and he started, you know, started three or four of those. But let's not be rehabilitation's over. The rehabilitation is still going to go on for a period of time. And I think the best we can expect from Christian, the whole thing I'm, the only, the only thing I'm expecting from Christian Bieler this season is nothing to do with results or goals or clean sheets or tackles or cards or anything like that. I'm just expecting him to be able to go through the remainder of the season without any injuries, continue to build up match fitness, continue to build up games and hopefully be at Derby County next season where really we can see the best of him um, because the devastating injuries to have, I don't think in, in any situation with any kind of player you want to, when they're coming back, not after just one ACL tear, but, but two. I mean, look at Craig Forsyth. He's had three. You know, he's not the player that he was, but he's still a very serviceable player at this level. And I think with Bielik, he's still young enough to get back in. He's going to have a lot of motivation because he's missed, you know, over a year of internationals. He's missed the Euros. You know, the World Cup is in winter. So he's going to want to be able to put himself in a shop window to put himself back in the Polish team frame. You know, we'll, we'll see when the international breaks come if he's back in there surprising if he wasn't because he was an integral part last time um so i, I just think for me he's going to continue to get better he's, he's 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 done well up to this point darby are a different side with him in the team we also have to carefully manage him we can't expect him to just continue to just play the rest of the games because he's christian Bielik. you know we have to kind of nurse him back and maybe take him out the firing line when we can and rotate and rest where we can that's why these breaks you know the gap between the barnsley game and the Bournemouth game there's no midweek game so that will be that will be a crucial time to just rest and recover, and and that's what I'm expecting from Christian Bale. Like I'm not, I don't want to go out here and think that he's going to turn into Andrea Pirlo because that's an unfair, reasonable, unreasonable expectation of the lad. Let him go out here, grow his match business. Let him continue to get more and more healthy. Sorry, healthier. That was poor English. Let him continue to get healthier uh, and and build up his match fitness and get him back to the levels that we know he can, which is going to take some time. Yeah, I think. Um, the the reason I asked that question is because obviously I've got my own opinion on that. Um, obviously he came in, comes back, scores a bicycle kick. Oh, you know the savior the savior's back. I don't necessarily, and this is no knock on him, Corey. I don't necessarily think he has had the impact that most fans were hoping for. Uh, he's not got hold of Derby by, by the scruff of the neck, setting up you know assists here and there or, or scoring goals here and there like he was before his last injury he was in there he was scoring goals he was creating goals he was making a nuisance of himself I don't necessarily think he's he's brought that to the back to the team but I do think you're right I think he does bring a level of control um, and it, it's probably in a game like I mean w- without him in that team on Saturday against Luton would would we have been worse off I I would suggest Yes, because I think, to be honest with you... We're a better player, team when he plays. Yeah, absolutely. That's what, no question. He's uh, one of our best players. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of the balls he sprays, obviously, you know, the, the guy's been out 12 months. It's it's a long, long, long time. 
he had what one, I think, under twenty three game. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, he did. So for him to be churning out before, you know, performances, perform uh, uh, churning out nine. I know he's been taken off in the last couple, but Derby's been chasing the game. Um, it's it it would it, just be nice for a. Christian Bielik, um dominating masterclass in midfield tomorrow night grabs the, grabs that midfield by the scruff of the neck um, and, and 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 drives home the three points th- drives home drives home the three points and I think same against Barnsley on Saturday it's it's that kind of game where that added little bit of quality well, we need, from we one need of your top players. players to play and perform and, and he's yeah. one of our top players and and we're a better side with him without it but let's not sit here and think that you know. I want him to play like at that level and, and get even better throughout the course of the season, but he also needs to rest. We need to look after the long-term future of the player too, at some point, um, you know, and he's done well, but let's not sit here and think that he's going to play at this level for the rest of the season. There's going to be, there's going to be fits and spouts and things like that, but without a question, Jason, you're dead on. He, he's a much better player. We have a much better team he plays than without, and we need to be like masterclass. I'd love to see that. Wouldn't you he just grabs that game and it's just, this is oh, my yeah. game. Get it off me. So I'm, I'm all for it. Final. I have got one more question. Final, final question, Corey, for this episode, and then we'll wrap it up because we have been going on long enough. Um, seen one or two um, substitute appearances and subsequently, um, I think he's had 15, 15 20 minutes of, of game time is... Another youngster from our academy, uh, Malcolm Iwobi, or Iwobi, or Iwobi, however you would like to pronounce that. Um, from what I've seen of him, Corey, obviously I've, I've seen him in the flesh uh, once, uh, and then I've, I've, I've seen a couple of snippets. He, he looks, he's obviously impressed at academy level to get, to get that nod. He looks like he could be, um, a bit of a spark going forward, certainly in that winger position. He's got a bit of a trick. I saw him put a couple of balls in. I don't know if it was against uh, Millwall or the game previous, uh, but he put a couple of absolute wonderful balls in that Derby didn't make make the most of. But, you know, Derby, Derby are at the point of the season where obviously, we, you know, we, we know we're at we, without Jozviak. We haven't really got a natural out-and-out winger. We've not got Tom Lawrence in the side at the minute. Louis Sibley's firing blanks when he comes on. Uh, Ravel Morrison's pretty much firing blanks when he comes when he's involved in the first team. Having uh, we know a lot of the attacking prowess of, of Derby County is Ebersaley down that right hand side. Um, being able to take off Ebersaley after you know 60, 70 minutes once his tank's empty and then put on another player. Okay, he's not got the pace, but he's, he's got a bit of skill about him. He's got a trick about him, and he's got he's got a shot about him. He's, he's got a bit of nous going forward. Um, could, could be could be a handy little player, Corey, for for the final 10, 12 games. Something we alluded to earlier, you know, youngsters coming in, testing the hand. You may as well, you know, some of your some of your senior pros aren't turning up on on match days, so you may as well give these young hungry lads um, a chance. We know we don't want to get to the point where we're playing um, nine, ten academy players like we did in in COVID football against you know West Brom, where we got absolutely outplayed and and things like that. But drip feeding them in, giving him fifteen, twenty minutes here and there. You never know; it might it might be a bit of magic from a right boot like that that connects to an end of a cross and you know pick, picks Derby up three points. Yeah, definitely, and it's a bit of the unknown, really, with a bit of with a bit of the trickery and, and skill that these players possess. You know, a lot of these teams they do the video analytics; they they look at it in a very analytical way, and 
And oftentimes you see this with young players that they don't have any video on this guy. They don't know what he's going to be able to do. And you don't know in the stands what he's going to do because, you know, unless you're watching Darby under 23s week in and week out, um, you know, it's a bit of the unknown. It's a bit of an X factor. And I think Darby, like you say, Jason, in the situation that we're in, beggars can't be choosers. We have to utilize every tool that we have at our disposal to scrap grind and, 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 and get results the best way that we can. And if, and if using, um, using, using Malcolm is a, is a, um, uh, an option off the bench, give him some game time, see what happens, see if he can stick around for next season, possibly put himself in the shop window for the player, um, but go out there and, and utilize him and try to get 10 or 15, you know, good games out of him. You know, we could have a real, real good, uh, real good player. Well, that's, I think that that sums up the podcast uh, quite nicely. I think the final, uh, the final thought is, is one final rallying cry for obviously tomorrow night. Let's, the, the season, as as we've mentioned throughout the podcast, and you've mentioned throughout the podcast, the season isn't over. The season is far from over. This this is a bump in the road. It was it was never always going to be smooth sailing. That that gap was never just going to shrink. It was going to get bigger. Um, but I think, as we alluded to earlier, you know, up to the next international break, when there's ten games to go, if Derby are in single figures between them and the relegation, getting out of the relegation zone. I think that is a massive achievement with what's been a, 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 a lot of youngsters and a, and a very mis- mismatched squad. Um, I think I think that's very commendable. Let's not throw in the, like you said earlier, let's not throw in the towel. I don't think the players will throw in the towel. I don't think Wayne will allow them to throw in the towel. Um, and if if we play the next three or four and, you know, and fairly we get beat and, and we lose, we lose hope, then, you know, that that's fine as as long as the determination and effort's there. But I think eventually determination determination and effort is going to get us a couple of results. Hopefully that starts tomorrow night, Corey. Um, if it could be a point would be great. If it's three, that'd be massive going into that game against Barnsley on Saturday. Um, and you know, it, we're we're down in the ninth for a boxing. You know, you don't know you don't know boxing, but you did a boxing analogy earlier. I'll do a boxing analogy myself. We're down in we're down in the ninth. We're against the ropes, um, but we we have still got a we've still got a knockout punch in us somewhere, uh, and let's just hope that you know two wins out of the next two games, that could change the complexity of the of the final running uh, and that final quarter of the season massively. Um, and I'm sure then everybody, as you meant, alluded to earlier, everybody will be on the positive train again, um, and 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 trying to see us over that line. But it feels like off the field we thought it was going to be a crucial week and we've not heard that news yet. Hopefully, you know, we'll still get some news from that over the next, over the next day or two. But I think this week now, certainly on the pitch is massive for, for what Derby's expectations are going to be going into the home stretch uh, of the, of the season. If we've, if we've realistically got a chance of staying up, um, but get behind the lads again, big following tomorrow night. Uh, I'm actually working in Cardiff tomorrow night, but can't get a ticket. So that that's a shame, but uh, big following again tomorrow night. Um, and you know, let's let's pick up off off the back of two defeats. We don't want that. We've said this before in the podcast this season, Corey. Derby don't want to get in a habit of keep losing. So if we can get into, if we could pick something up tomorrow night, just just calm the waters again a little bit, um, and, uh, and and bring three points back from back from Wales. That would be absolutely fantastic start to to what is a a really tough really tough week and, and, a, and probably a pivotal week in Derby County's uh, season. 
that's everything um, for, for this episode. Of course, because there's a midweek fixture, we will be back later on in the week with another preview episode. This time, obviously, we'll be focusing on Barnsley coming to Pride Park on Saturday. We'll have all the fallout from the Cardiff game. And as far as I'm aware, special guest on Thursday. Uh, and it's, it's a first time to the podcast. So we're looking forward to that. Corey, my thanks go out to you as always. Absolute pleasure being back in the uh, back in the saddle with you, mate. Um, it's been it's been it's been a while. Enjoyed it. I know we talk about the same crap every week, unfortunately, but you know at, at least we've got something to talk about. Um, and uh, looking forward to seeing you Thursday. Yeah, for sure, Jason. And 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 again, you know, um, let's get behind the lads. Let's get three points, and let's keep this let's keep this train and this momentum momentum rolling for as long as we can. Because right, wrong, or otherwise, we love Derby County. And whether they're whatever league they're going to be in, we're going to we're going to love them and support them, and and that's the best we can do right now. Let's just support the lads and let's hope Quantum get their finger out and, and sort everything out. So, Jason, again, thanks for um, being here. I'm glad that we were able to do this, and, and like I say, special guest hopefully on Thursday. Fingers crossed, and we will uh, we will reconvene then. But it's but it's great to have you. Great to have you back on comms, mate. Yes, I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Time to get time to get some stuff off my chest uh, and I'm I'm sure there'll be plenty more discussion to be had on Thursday and as I say hopefully look, talking about three points from tomorrow night and uh, everybody will be bullish again and, and looking forward to uh, picking up another another win on Saturday but that is it for us this episode we'll see you later on in the week and as always the final thing to say up the Rams Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review Podcast. We would love it if you'd like to get in touch. On Twitter, we're at RamsReview1. On Facebook, it's Rams Review Podcast. Or you could drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. Until next time, up the Rams. The Rams Review Podcast are proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, putting fans first.